0: You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight.
1: Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. How's it going? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm hanging in there. I have like good days, bad days these days.
1: Yeah, I feel like I have good hours, bad hours.
0: Yeah, I think that's the way it goes during this whole lockdown or semi-lockdown pandemic. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because you can hear in people's voices that we're just more emotionally exhausted.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that way for sure. And I think the people that I work with feel the same way too. And sometimes unwilling to admit to how they're feeling, like people that are generally very positive, it's hard to get on the phone with somebody, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. And for it to sound real.
0: Yeah, I think that's a struggle for me because I'm like always kind of up, always up, always positive, always happy. Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I love life. And I don't mean to be that way. Yeah. But these days I'm waking up and I'm like, ugh. I don't really want to engage <laughs> engage today.
1: As I walk up the stairs with your coffee.
0: I know, that is, that is keeping, me, <laughs> keeping me happy. Yeah, so again, we've talked about this before. There's this feeling of being really conflicted where we know how lucky we are, but we're still super frustrated. And you and I were chatting about where we'd want to travel when this is all over. And, and again, that's just like such a massive privilege to even get to think about that. But I was saying to you, there's nowhere I want to go specifically. I just want to work. I want to go where I was supposed to go to work. And in May, I was so lucky that I was going all over Europe and in Romania and Portugal and Spain and elsewhere. And so those are all canceled. And I, I get it, of course. I'm not, you know, I'm not a victim in this. But I just want to work again. I just want to do what I normally do. And uh, it's weird to do it over Zoom.
1: Yeah, it it, it is weird. And what you just said totally agree with. And I really, this has highlighted how much I loved my life, the way that it was, despite all the ups and downs that I experienced every single day before this pandemic kicked in. I realize now that I just loved my life and I want nothing more as does everybody else for life to get back to normal.
0: Yeah. I always knew I loved my life. (laughs) I literally said it every day. Uh, I would wake up and be like, damn, life is good. So we will get back to it. This is, of course, temporary. It will be a new normal. And and it's interesting because we're seeing all the all companies and brands are, as they say, pivoting, but changing the way they work. And I think some of the really positives that are kind of come out of this is that we're going to make more accommodations for a wider range of experiences in the workplace. So people who wanted to work from home because of a disability or because of chronic illness, and they've been being told no, 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 no. Now we realize that we all can do it. We can be productive from home. Parents who, you know, maybe have young kids and could benefit from not commuting an hour in each direction every day. And that's a conservative estimate if you're living in a city like Toronto or New York or Los Angeles or any of the bigger cities with lots of traffic. Uh, Now maybe they can work from home some days per week. And I was was thinking about your field in real estate and how commercial real estate, I can't imagine it not being affected. That was a double negative. But I really think they're going to be affected by this because fewer companies are going to necessarily require – massive spaces because if you've got two people who share a desk and you know you trade off 2 days a week with one another and maybe share it one day, you know, in person or maybe it stays empty one day a week, there I was thinking about how they might require less square footage and I was also thinking about how lucky we are that we don't have permanent office space. I know your brokerage has a couple of offices that are shared, but I remember when I first started in this field, I wanted nothing more than an office. Like I really wanted an office to like feel <laughs> like I was a professional and, you know, be a business lady and get the business lady special. And
1: <laughs> what is, sounds like you're going for dinner at four o'clock, yeah, the business lady special. Going,
0: going for the seafood, all you can eat lunch sort oh, of thing. That's we, dangerous. We're business ladies. Can we, can we get the business lady <laughs> special? It's from a movie, Brandon. Is it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm clearly missing it, but I'll let you run with it.
0: Anytime I, I wear a blazer, I'm like, I'm a business lady now. But <laughs> So I was thinking that, you know, I remember wanting to be legit, legitimate uh, by getting an office. And then, of course, as I started traveling more, I realized I definitely didn't need an office. And I let go of even my co-working space. And we're lucky that we're able to keep going because we don't have to cover that rent right now. But I digress, and I was talking about the fact that businesses are changing, and the other interesting thing is we're seeing the way they advertise and try and reach out to customers change. So one of the brands that I work with is Womanizer. So Womanizer is a high-end sex toy brand. They were founded by, I think, a couple in Germany, and I'm a huge fan of their product. Yeah, I know that not everyone loves the name, uh, but... This, this is not a vibrator, it's a really cool product that uses what they call pleasure air technology. So what it is is it's tiny little waves of air that come out of the head of this um, toy, so this contraption. So imagine rolling your tongue into a tube, like, you know, half of us can do that. Which
1: everyone is doing right now. Right, roll your tongue mm-hmm. into a tube.
0: And if you can't, don't worry. So it kind of looks like that on the head and it fits over around the area of the head of the clitoris so it's not direct direct pressure unless you want it to be and they come with different sizes that go over the head and it's designed for the top of the clit there but it can be used all over the lips and it's these little waves of air that create um, kind of this overwhelming sucking suction sensation but it's not suction. Uh, Some people say it sort of feels like being licked and kissed and sucked at the same time so it's a really cool toy they've revolutionized the sex toy adult toy industry because so much we were seeing more of the same and now there are all these knockoffs but womanizer is the you know the technology that put the R and D into it and and developed this this new brand and anyhow they came out with a billboard the other day and of course it's all across canada interestingly i don't know why it's not in the states but these ads for womanizer are on these billboards and there's a picture of one of the womanizer products they make a range of products and it says stay home
1: i actually saw that on our friend kitty's profile oh you did that she posted a a photo of the billboard and i thought it was great it was a bit of a a double whammy encouraging everyone to stay home and also at the same time highlighting the product and i'm sure what you could do to fill the time that you might spend at home
0: exactly and kitty's actually in montreal so hers they have versions in english that say stay home Womanizer, and then they have versions that say, uh, Restez chez vous. Sorry for that. Like, you know, <laughs> I actually do speak French, but not that but, well. Re- re- restez chez vous. So stay on your own. Staying, stay home. Stay home. Stay Stay home. Uh, anyhow, I wanted to bring up Womanizer and their campaign because it's getting a lot of traction. Also because they're a brand I work with. And if you are interested, with, again, no pressure. I, we know that um, some sex toy sales companies are reporting an increase in sales. Um, But I don't want to tell people you must use a toy. But if you are interested in a new toy and something novel, Womanizer is worth checking out. Uh, It's at womanizer.com. And if you use the code Dr. Jess, D-R-J-E-S-S, you get a small discount. And I I do get some credit for that. So we're pretty – picky and we don't have too many sponsors or too many ads or anything. I wanted to talk about this anyways. But if you are shopping on womanizer.com or on wevibe.com, use code Dr. Jess and you can save a few dollars. And it also credits my affiliate account.
1: I'm wondering, can uh, those of us with a penis use it on (laughs) on our parts? Yes. Because it sounds pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You've used it. I've used that lipstick one on your nipple before. Ooh, It's your left nipple. Is just that, so everyone just, knows,
1: you know, just getting it out there. That's his
0: only sensitive nipple.
1: <laughs> well, that and the in the back of my elbow.
0: I I'm get super kidding. confused. Yeah, so it's that same one that I've used on your on your left <laughs> nipple, and then you, I think we've used it on your perineum as well.
1: Can you see me turning red right now?
0: Why? Because it's the left one.
1: Just you know, talking about this. Yeah. It's
0: it's left nipple, anyway, right ball.
1: Yeah, is that what it is? Really?
0: Well, I always get it confused because <laughs> when I'm on in front of you, it's my right hand and uh, my left, anyhow.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) You want to leave that?
1: No, no. It's all good. It's all good.
0: (laughs) All right. So anyhow, you can check it out on womanizer.com and you can Google those ads. It's on on my Facebook and Instagram as well. So what I want to talk about today is the fact that I wrote a new book.
1: You did. Very exciting. I'd like to say I've already read it. And I thought it was fantastic.
0: For the first time, you read my book. Mm, yes. Even I, before I submitted the manuscript.
1: Well, that's why I'm highlighting it. Because before you submit, I read it in its entirety. And it was great. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your partner. I thought it was really good. You know what it, it did? It caused me um, to pause and to just reflect on what I do and what I don't do. And it made me think, oh, would I do this or would I do that? It was kind of cool.
0: So it's it's called The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. And when I say I wrote it, I should restate that we wrote it, not Brandon. <laughs> My co-author is the fabulous Marla Renee Stewart, and she runs Sex Down South, so you've probably heard me talk about her before. Uh, really in- incredible sex educator in this field, sexologist as well. And so it's called The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. You can get it at your local bookshop. You can get it at uh, on Amazon and on the big guys as well. But we obviously encourage you to support local if you can right now. And I'm really proud of this book. I'm really happy with the content because it's not really a how to. It's a theory, theoretical exploration of sexuality and seduction, and also with a ton of actionable takeaways. So we look at the statutes of seduction, real life fantasies of seduction from real people who wrote into to us, how your learning style affects your seduction style. So are you more of a visual, auditory, tactile, olfactory, or gustatory seducer? And what what do you like and how can you learn from your partner's seduction style, how can you meet their needs, and and how can you make sure that your needs are being met, we talk a lot about sexual communication, uh, verbal seduction, emotional seduction, how to be more confident when it comes to sex and seduction, how to explore your sexual values, And then we, of course, talk about physical foreplay for the vulva, for the penis, for the body. We look at positions and pervertibles and props and toys and strategies for busy people.
1: I love that. I love pervertibles.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what a pervertible is?
1: (laughs) Isn't it? I remember uh, talking about this before where it's an everyday item that you turn into a sexual item. Exactly. And I think yeah. Anyway, it's I just I like the term pervertible.
0: Yeah, and it's it's fun because yes, you can absolutely invest in sex toys, and I'm a big proponent of them because we love them, and my, and my clients love them. But also, there are everyday objects like emery boards can be used to create a specific sensation. Different little clips that you have in your office or around your house, a hairbrush, a a comb, scarves, I mean, some of the obvious ones for blindfolds. So, yeah, we talk a little bit about pervertibles. Oh, and I should actually mention that I got a really interesting pseudo-pervertible in the mail this week. So, by a brand named Erosia, E-R-O-S-S-C-I-A. And what it is, is an extension that you attach to your electric toothbrush, Yeah, and it converts your toothbrush, your electric toothbrush into this luxury vibrator.
1: Seriously, Uh that's so we get so much mail um, and so many things in the mail that oftentimes things just come in and I, I don't even notice because you're examining them. So that's what that was. So now when I spend extra time in the bathroom at night, you'll know that I have taken the adapter and of making good use of it.
0: Exactly, exactly. I just opened it up yesterday, so I haven't actually had a chance to try it, but I thought it was kind of an, an interesting product. Very cool. Um, and so just to go back to the book, one area that we focus on is seduction for busy people and eroticizing daily interactions. And this is a topic I talk about a lot because you know, so many of our clients struggle to make time for sex and seduction. And it really is because of their busy lifestyle. So you like sex, you're attracted to your partner, you have a, you know, a decent relationship, you've invested in the foundation, but you just can't seem to make sex happen. And you want to figure out how to prioritize it when you're busy with work and friends and family and health and stress right now. And so a really important mindset i believe is recognizing that you're not a light switch you and your partner cannot go from you know talking about your kids or your taxes or whether your dog pooped earlier this morning (laughs) to
1: sexy time
0: right to all of a sudden tearing one another's clothes off and so it's normal to sort of start to feel like roommates or co-parents or business partners and not specifically interact as lovers right like not really stopping and being mindful when you brush up against one another when you pass in the hallway Uh, not flirting or being playful or taking the time to have fun and laugh because life just gets so busy not noticing them even physically and visually yeah you know like i i notice um when i hug you I always feel at ease when I smell you because I I just like the smell of you. Is this
1: pre-workout or (sighs) post-workout?
0: For me, it's pre-workout. Although somebody, some people have written in saying that I'm too sensitive about smell, and I am. You
1: are very sensitive. I am
0: so sensitive to smell to the point that when I'm playing sports, if the person I'm covering stinks, I'm done with.
1: You would not do well if you played uh, like uh, equipment uh, sports, like uh, hockey or football or lacrosse.
0: Well, (laughs) even with football, like I'm like, if I have to do the steamboat count and you stink, I'm going to be standing much farther back than required
1: you're gonna speed up that steamboat count exactly exactly. i like the smell of my hockey equipment i know you joke around and you're like what is wrong with you because it does not smell good i got equipment that's like 10 years old (laughs) i like it but it's nostalgic it reminds me of playing when i was younger it
0: reminds me of when i was good
1: and when i was good
0: (laughs) so when we think about eroticizing daily interactions we're not talking about Um, you know, making everything sexual. You don't have to. I always joke that, you know, if I'm eating a banana, I don't need you to make it into a sexual innuendo of like, oh, yeah, Jess, you eat that banana. You eat it so good. No.
1: (laughs) If I take my phone out and start videotaping you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We used to have a friend. I can't not bring this up
1: oh yes we used to have a friend
0: who when she not we used to have a friend we're still friends with her we just don't see her eat popsicles as often (laughs) as we used to but we used to hang out every friday night and the way she ate her popsicle
1: it made it awkward for everybody (laughs) in the room we'd be like whoa she's going to town on that popsicle
0: but to be fair to this friend who we love she wasn't doing it on purpose she just really liked her popsicles
1: Like down her throat very (laughs) deeply.
0: She like like to tickle it with her tongue.
1: She got the hand out and started playing with the pseudo popsicle balls. And it
0: wasn't anything (laughs) sexual, but damn. Yeah, so we we don't want to turn everything into something sexual. We just want to make our daily interactions just a little bit more playful, bring a little bit more levity. And so today I want to talk about one specific uh, lover's inquiry that's what we call it in the book that you can try with your partner to kind of bring yourselves back to a very exciting time but so some just a brief summary of some of the topics we cover in this section of of eroticizing daily interactions number one we talk about how you can specifically cut back on complaining because there's nothing that kills a vibe like complaining Uh, and I know that we do have things to complain about right now but we still have strategies you can use to limit the way and the places in which you complain and we also talk about how just simply changing your greetings and goodbyes the way you say hello some very specific strategies can help to eroticize your connection and your daily interactions and find excitement and And passion and pleasure in the mundane. Uh, We talk about ways to text playfully, um, and we talk about obviously sexting a little bit, leaving love notes. I think that's a great thing that we could all do right now to write a couple of love notes and hide them around the house for your partner. And in the book, we have what we call seduction instructions. So these are things you can do right now. And we even give you the language. Uh, You know, if you're going to write them a love note, of course, you can just write, I love you. But you might write something like, Wherever I am today, know that I'm thinking of you lovingly and naughtily. Or um, I want to lick you from head to toe. Or I'll be thinking of your soft lips today and every day. Or when when you come home, I'm going to bend you over and take care of you just how Okay, that's maybe not a love note. So
1: you took it from like loving, caring to like let's get down.
0: Well, because everybody has a different style. You might just write, you're hot and I can't get you out of my head. You might write, I can't get enough of you in every way, or you're the most beautiful creature I've ever laid eyes on. I love that I get a piece of you for myself. You might just write that you want to get naked with them. Uh, you might write that you love the way they sound. Uh, you know, one thing, I, I love your voice. Like, you're just your voice comforts me. So, yeah, if, you, if you're in the mood right now, you can write down a couple of sweet or sexy or playful thoughts for your partner and hide them throughout the house, and they find them when they find them. And so we're just kind of going through some of the summary of what we cover in this eroticizing daily interaction section of the book. We also talk about how to reset in two two minutes a day with physical intimacy. Uh, We talk about a range of intimate conversations. And we have the lover's inquiry, which is the passion interview or the passion conversation, the intimacy and vulnerability conversation. And we've covered pieces of this on the podcast before. We look at ways to take your compliments to the next level, how to prioritize sex um, and create spaces that are work and tech free. I think that's really important right now. And there's so many more. I think I better kind of just stop there. And take you to this lover's inquiry, which focuses on reigniting the spark, kind of going back to what you felt and what you thought in the beginning of the relationship. And so I thought that we could give this one a try right now. This is the why do I love you again (laughs) conversation. And it's instead a question or a statement? (laughs) (laughs) It's not rhetoric, (laughs) Uh, it's a reminder. It's a reminder not rhetoric. So it's, it's intended to be a bit of a trip down memory lane as a simple way to revisit and reignite the attraction and the excitement you experienced when you first met and even just retelling the story of how you met your partner can be uh, a way to remember those more exciting times so we're going to go through this lover's inquiry we're going to also post the questions on our website and in the show notes if if this is something you want to try i usually suggest that you set aside 20 to 30 minutes with your partner and make sure you're eliminating all potential distractions. So I know it's really tough, but this is, you know, a partnered exercise. It's not intended for the whole wide world of social media, although we're doing it here right now. Um, So we're just encouraging you to take 20 to 30 minutes where you shut down your devices and you take some time to slow down and really engage and know that Instagram and Twitter and Facebook will survive without you. <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to say something dumb. Uh, don't, don't worry. There will be. No, I just mean in the media. There will be a story you can go back to. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, 30 minutes just with your partner. So we're going to do kind of a shortened version of this because we do know that you don't like to listen for hours and hours on end. I, don't, I wouldn't want to listen to my voice for hours on end. But the questions are, I'll read them to you off the top. And then we can go through a few of them in kind of a shortened version. So the lovers inquiry: why do I love you again? Uh, You can either write down your answers in advance and kind of bring them to the table, or you can just take turns answering these questions. And the questions are, what was the first thing you noticed about your lover? What first attracted you to your lover? On your first date, what excited you most? On your first date, what made you nervous? Do you remember the first time you kissed and what was it like? Do you remember the first time you had sex and what was it like? What is one awkward, intimate moment you wouldn't want to relive but you're able to laugh about it now? Can you remember the wildest or hottest sex you've ever had and what made it so memorable? And finally, how has your partner changed for the better since you first met? So. I guess we'll just start at the top. Uh, babe, what was the first thing you noticed about me?
1: First thing I noticed about you was probably, I, I know this is so generic, but it was kind of everything. Like you were just so hot. And I remember thinking, wow, you're super hot. And, it, you know, Wow, that's was, deep. I know it's super <laughs> deep. Well, that's me, you know, skin, <laughs> skin deep, but you were just so beautiful. And you still are beautiful. I'm not saying past tense here. (laughs) Um, But that, I just remember being kind of in awe of how attractive you were because the truth is, is that we worked together. I was a bar back. This is almost 20 years ago. I was a bar back. You were a a bartender. I believed that there was some degree of hierarchy just because I had been told that. I'd never worked in a nightclub before. So I didn't really think of approaching you to talk to you, number one, because I didn't have any game. And number (laughs) two, well, again, you kind of, with the people around you, you fall into this um, kind of b- belief that I- I'm sorry, but at the time it was kind of like, well, you know, we don't, if the bar te- bartenders engage with you, you engage back with them. So I was more just somewhat intimidated, I guess.
0: What an awful hierarchy. Yeah, and it was I remember another bartender we worked with calling you Barback.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like I think Not those... even
0: bothering to get to know your name. There were only four Barbacks. I can name them all you, Steve. Dwight and Randy there were only four of you and 19 years later I remember your names I mean I married one of you but and, and, and I'm <laughs> just one yeah but I'm not in actually Dwight lives around the corner now
1: yeah <laughs> good friend. he's a friend of ours he's yeah, a friend yeah. yeah
0: he's a lot of things he's fabulous yeah,
1: yeah
0: very smart guy and uh yeah I remember your names now And she couldn't bother to even get to know your names. And so that reinforces that hierarchy. And and you know what? I could go off on that. But uh, you know me. I I better bring it back. So what was the first thing I noticed about you? Uh, It was your smile and the way you smized.
1: The way I what?
0: You smized.
1: Smized? I thought you were going to say it was my frosted tips. You did not have frosted <laughs> tips, did you? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was pre jess That was pre jess yeah. Just I've a couple se- weeks.
0: I've seen pictures of you with the frosted tips. Know, that was be great. Fun, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he liked to hang out in hot tubs and get his fro- tips frosted. Had an aversion to sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember you smised, like your eyes kind of lit up when you talked, like you were smiling with your eyes
1: oh i was wondering what smized was oh so.
0: i think it's a tyra banks term
1: <clears throat> i like from, it
0: i don't i think the show's called top model or something something about models and she tells them to smile with your eyes I, I i don't know but you do it naturally don't think about it just keep doing what you do i won't okay i'll go first for the next one so what first attracted me to you uh, was a hundred percent the way you looked into my eyes when you were talking to me you and you still are like this, I think that you're like this with everyone. When you are engaging with someone, you're not looking for the next thing or the next best thing. It really feels like you're connecting. And I actually love watching you do it with other people. Like I just love the way you're engaged with your eyes. Interesting. Did you know that?
1: I think I've heard you say it before, but I just try to pay attention to people when they talk to me. And I guess Hang on. it's working out. Do
0: you try and pay attention or do you try and make it look like you're paying attention?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've mastered the art of making people think I'm listening.
0: All right, so what first attracted you to me?
1: I thought this is very similar to the first question. You were just so damn beautiful. And and I think it was that coupled with how intelligent you were when you started talking. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, you you so smart. And how much you know, those two things kind of went together to create the whole person. I was really, again, in awe. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, no worries.
0: (laughs) Okay, on your first date, what excited you most? And maybe you can just put these ones together. What made you most excited? And then what made you nervous?
1: What made me most excited was the idea that I was with you. (laughs) 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 It's like, what the hell is going on? Um, I'm really, you can hear the inferiority complex coming out here. However, I I think it was just this um, excitement over being with you. Like I was just so into the idea of being with you that everything excited me. Like it didn't matter what we did. It didn't matter where we went. It was just, I want to be with you so everything was exciting if you recall the first date that we went on was me watching you get your hair unbraided um, unbraided so that took hours and hours in a random person's studio apartment apartment Mm -hmm. and i just sat there
0: it took four or five hours
1: yeah to to do that so i didn't care what we were doing or where we were doing i was just happy to be with you yeah I, sh- I should part? give
0: some context so i had been in the dominican republic a, a few weeks before and this woman on the beach i don't want to say forced but she pretty much forced me to have my hair braided and I, you know like, i don't know i'm not good at saying no and especially back then i wasn't good at saying no so i come home with these long braids in my hair um, which i shouldn't have and although it, it was really nice because. It made your hair really easy to manage, uh, but it was a little bit painful because she had braided extensions into them, and so and then taking them out took forever. But yeah, we were sitting in this woman's apartment. I remember this woman had a, a small child, and at one point, you went out to go rollerblading with the child. Why did you have your rollerblades?
1: Yeah, I don't. I, it, probably because I, I have no idea.
0: Do you want to I know don't. what I remember? I remember you came back in and you were like, "I didn't bring socks." It's a sweaty day. I should have brought socks.
1: (laughs) Going back to the sense of smell.
0: (laughs) Okay, so the second part is, what made you nervous on our first date?
1: I don't remember being nervous. I, I, I do remember the periods after the first date, and the nervousness was more whether or not you were going to, like, connect with me again. So I think it wasn't nerves during that first date. It was the subsequent where there was a day or two in between when we saw each other. And (laughs) listen, going back 20 years, I'll be the first to admit, I don't think I had a cell phone. So, you know, waiting for the phone to ring. Did you have a pager? I did. You know, you page me, hit me up on my (laughs) pager, call you back from a payphone. But I remember the nerves being more after the fact, not knowing if this was going to continue.
0: Honestly, it's hard for me to remember. Um, I know I was just really excited over you because you seemed like just the nicest, funniest, sweetest guy. I was very funny. But but the truth is a lot of people seem like that when you first meet them. And so that's why I think, I don't know, a first date is just a first date. It wasn't anything thrilling. I was excited because I was excited over you. But what's so cool, when I reflect upon it now, is that you are that guy. Like that I I know you so intimately and I still see you the same way. I like you more and more all the time. It's not just about love. I think love is almost easy because it's an attachment and it's a form of security. But I feel like I like you so much. And more important than what made me excited then is right now I just feel excited because everything I thought you would be when I was idealizing what I didn't know about you, which we all do when we're first dating. When you don't know about someone, your mind fills in the gaps to idealize them because you just want to be happy with this person. You want them to be the person that's a good fit for you. But what's exciting to me is that all those things that were idealized notions are real. You, you just, yeah, you're really funny. You're really sweet. You're really kind. And you're just really, really good to me. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that really answers the question. And I should probably note as an aside that you don't have to stick to these questions or the script perfectly. They're just kind of prompts to get you started. And and in the book, we have hundreds of prompts to start these conversations. So what made me nervous? Uh, I think what made me nervous was that you just seemed, I don't want to say too good to be true, but you seemed so great that I was afraid that it wasn't real. Like I was afraid that maybe you are just, a jerk underneath it all and um i don't know why i thought that but it's just you seemed kind of too good to be true so yeah
1: there's a lot that i'm reflecting back on now that you mention all this i mean number one i was just myself and i think because i was myself i didn't have to ever think about being something that i thought you wanted me to be so you know that that was probably my saving, not my saving grace, but made things a lot easier. Cause then when you got to know me, it was like, this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you like me because I was never anything different. And I think that there's a lot of pressure right now for people to be everything yeah. when you first meet them. It's like, I'm great. I'm successful at work or I'm, and I'm physically active. I'm a great cook. I'm a great this, this, and that. And it's like, are you, because I'm still not very good. I'm uh, not, not very good at a lot of those things, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to work at them, which was the second thing. I really feel lucky in this relationship because it does just continue to get better and better and better but that comes with so much work and with that work though sometimes it's so hard and I don't want to do it and I and, and I, say like that I, don't, I say that I don't want to do it, but what I mean is when I'm angry or when I'm upset or when I'm irritable, I don't always want to dive into the reasons why I feel this way or really understand why I spoke to you or I said something to you that just didn't rub you the right way. As opposed, you know, and then if I take that five minutes, two minutes or hour to really understand, I get better. And I get better as a human being, which in turn makes our relationship better. So it's this willingness to invest into myself and into the relationship that just continues to make this better. And again, not without hiccups, but we've every been time... kind of lucky
0: though. Like it's like we've never broken up.
1: No, we've had some doozy arguments.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time though.
1: Yeah, and and I feel like I'm I'm learning, and I'm still learning to get better at arguing and understanding how I'm really feeling in the midst of an argument, when I get flooded and I want to default back, so
0: Yeah, and I i mean, I'm really sensitive. Like, you know me, I fly off the handle. I can be like really happy one moment and then get frustrated in the next moment. But I think we're digressing a little. We'll go back to these questions. So, do you remember the first time we kissed?
1: I do. You do? In the car. I don't remember. Purple Escort. Boom.
0: What was it like?
1: Probably amazing, if you don't remember. It was <laughs> it was pretty much the best kiss you've ever had. Uh, I remember one particular kiss. Me too. At work.
0: I remember. Where
1: our, that. I don't know where the confidence came from, but I grabbed you and I pushed you up against the wall and I kissed you. And who was that guy? That's I what love I that. want to know.
0: But you're still capable of that, even if it doesn't come naturally. That's something I really liked about you as a partner but also like as a sexual partner is that if there's something that i want even if it doesn't feel natural you don't make excuses you don't say like oh i feel silly or you're just gonna laugh or i feel uncomfortable you just do it and then the first second can sort of feel uncomfortable but then you get first like
1: three seconds three seconds (laughs) i
0: don't know Uh, so i don't remember the first kiss but i remember that kiss and that's something that still sort of makes me feel something in my chest talking about it or thinking about it right now all right um i do remember the next question is about the first time we had sex i remember it
1: oh yeah i remember it too because oh you do remember it i was gonna say it was amazing i don't know <laughs> i was awesome
0: i remember i did all the work
1: oh i did oh, really yeah yeah you probably did actually i wasn't bad i was pretty good actually <laughs> oh
0: what yep. makes you good
1: yeah My ability to recline the seat of my car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually do like talking about that. Oh, man. I ripped your pants and you were like, these are my brothers. These are my brothers.
1: I was was in university, man. I didn't exactly have a surplus of cash.
0: (laughs) And you know my brother. You had one pair of pants. Pay him back. And one t-shirt. And you had to wear it three nights in a row at work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a different time.
0: Do you still have that black? mex t-shirt
1: i do i (laughs) kept it for sentimental reasons was it your dad's probably look at me borrowing clothes from everybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) never giving it
1: back (laughs) or my brother wanting the cost of the clothes back plus (laughs) the plus some (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway
0: you have um the mex t-shirt
1: i still i kept it yeah
0: oh do you ever wear it i do not oh okay uh, maybe i'll wear it
1: Maybe. Because I always wear
0: your t-shirts around the house. Hmm. Yeah, I remember the first time it was nice. Okay. Um, Do you remember an awkward intimate moment that you wouldn't want to relive, but you're able to laugh about now? I can go first on that one. Sure, go nuts. Okay. I may have talked about this before. So it was our first time at Desire Resorts (laughs) and we were like messing around so desire resorts most of you probably know what it is by now but it's a clothing optional couples only resort uh, on the mayan riviera and there are areas of the resort where you can have sex so there is one uh there's one area around the jacuzzi where there are these four poster beds and they're nice and clean and there's always a plethora of clean sheets and towels and there are these sheer curtains you can kind of close around them but you don't really have privacy uh, if you want privacy, of course, you go to your room. But there's a little bit of privacy with these curtains. So we were on the bed and these other like two or three couples asked if they could join us. And we said yes, but we don't want to touch anyone. Like we like you can be in. You can lie
1: next to us.
0: Well, no, you can do what you're doing next to us, which is hot in and of itself. And it was like our first experience like that. But we weren't with other people. Yeah. And I just remember it getting boring. <laughs> and not feeling comfortable leaving and we were a lot younger right like we were we were i don't know younger and maybe newer and shyer and didn't know how to speak up but i remember after a certain period of time i was like can we go now like, like we're done ste- it's like a
1: seinfeld <laughs> episode it's like do you leave now do you have to wait for everyone to be ready to go
0: yeah like we were done
1: I remember that. I'd forgotten about that.
0: I think I mentioned that one of the couples high-fived each other.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a there's a mood amplifier.
0: They high-fived each other and were like going at it. And they said something like, let's not, let's skip the gym in the morning. Sure. So Brenda and I were just like, oh, but it was, it was funny. It was interesting. It was nice because they came up and asked us what we were okay with and, and they made space for us to say, yes, you can come in this giant bed, but you can't come near us like we don't want any (laughs) physical contact because I think they were messing around together right
1: yeah I think so which is
0: cool yeah yeah. it just wasn't we were just not into it
1: I appreciated that in retrospect Mm -hmm. thinking about the consent element that they highlighted at the time which Mm -hmm. really was I mean that was a long time ago and it wasn't something that was talked about but they came up and were open communicative and um, as a result, I'm sure they had a great time I, by the high fives. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, was so we had a reasonable time. And then, yeah, we went.
0: The truth is route. I didn't enjoy it. No, neither did I. Like we weren't, I didn't, I didn't dislike it, nope. but it just wasn't. And so it's something we can reflect upon and laugh about. And it certainly led to conversations. Yeah. And that what was that's what's so cool about an experience that maybe isn't a ten, even an experience that could potentially lead to tension in your relationship. I don't think it did nope. in that circumstance, but we've had that. others that have. Yep. Uh, but even if uh, an interaction or a sexual engagement doesn't go well, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, especially if it opens up these conversations to talk about you know what you're feeling and what you fear and dig a little deeper. So okay, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, can you remember the, what's the hottest sex we've ever had?
1: I don't know if I remember the hottest sex, but I remember some of the riskiest,
0: riskiest. I'm sure we've brought this up before. Yeah,
1: not something I'm super proud of, but, um, I can't, I, I, I mean, we've just, I feel very privileged to have had a number of very hot, uh, intimate encounters with you well so, the, the
0: craziest one that you're or the riskiest one we both agree on was sex on yeah, the highway
1: not to for anyone to ever yeah. do we ever. were young and dumb yeah that was stupid actually
0: it was me not you well
1: i was a participant in the in the action uh, yeah. so um yeah that was the riskiest and wouldn't ever recommend anyone do it i don't
0: know what the hottest is like I have a very short-term memory for some of these things. So
1: then let me tell you what it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was all you, right? It was yeah, it was all
1: me. I don't know if you remember that. It was the first time,
0: actually, that we know. So we can just maybe reflect on that a little bit more. And then let, let's close off with the last question uh, in this exercise. And I would encourage people to maybe take a little bit more time than we're taking um just because you can you can make the time but we don't want to have you stuck here listening to us too long Uh, so how has your partner changed for the better since you first met
1: wow you've changed in so many ways i feel that you are more vocal about what you're passionate about Hmm. Um, and i like that because it challenges me to consider where it challenges me to consider your perspective and my own perspective. And you've also become, uh, you've demonstrated how you wanna give others space to shine, to be heard, to all of these things. So I've taken a piece of that and tried to incorporate it into what I do. So that's just one example of one thing that I've watched you do over the years to become an even better
0: version of who you are. And when you say I'm more vocal, I think you're probably talking about um, issues that I care about or I'm affected by or people I love are affected by.
1: Yeah, race, politics, all of these, privilege.
0: It's interesting because when I was younger, I always experienced things. Like I knew that something didn't sit well with me. Like if it was around um, race or racism toward me or white privilege or entitlement. And I grew up around a lot of that. And I knew I never fit in. Like I knew that it didn't work for me. I knew it was uneasy. Subconsciously, I knew it wasn't cool or wasn't fair. But I never had the language to articulate that. Like I do remember, um, you know, growing up around a lot of entitlement and not feeling that entitlement but i didn't even kind of know that word i remember thinking oh these people are really snobby that's the word i use snobby but it wasn't really the word and and it was a struggle for me cuz i never fit in like i never really knew where i belonged um and I, i'm still sort of you know i always feel like i straddle fences where like i think as a mixed race person that's a pretty common experience to like maybe i don't fit in with the white people but i don't fully i'm not fully embraced by you know, say, for instance, I'm mixed also. I'm Chinese Jamaican. So it's like a blend of cultures and and reconciling all that is tough. And so I have become more vocal about that. And yeah, more vocal about um, other people's rights because I do have more privilege than I've ever had.
1: But you're becoming more vocal? And expressing how you feel with me has challenged me, has forced me to consider a number of things that I don't think I otherwise would have considered as quickly as I have. So that has really changed. I've seen it change you and because it's changed you and I see it in a positive, in such a positive light that it's also encouraged me to change how I think and feel and act
0: yeah and i noticed that you're you're more willing to speak up and engage in conflict or upset people if it's upsetting for you like you called someone out out the other day online uh someone who is part of our social um circle uh for being for for his white fragility and you said something you know uh, about that privilege um as he was sort of he was telling me online how privileged i am which of course i do not deny and um, I really try and talk about how much privilege I have and also try and redistribute some of that privilege, you know, and I don't have to get into the ways that I try and do that, but that's something that I'm actively working, always working on. Uh, but I don't think you would have 15 years ago called that person out because you wouldn't have wanted the conflict. And also think I think we didn't have the language, many of us, to do so. So that's one way I've seen you change. And then the other way and the way that I that comes to mind first for me is you're just more confident. Like you're just... You're, you know, I hear you talk about how, like, oh, I didn't want to talk to her because she was a bartender. And I think now you're the type of person, you're you're in a position where you can tell people, like, tear down those hierarchies. Fuck that. Oh, I never swear. (laughs) I (laughs) mean, I.
1: Clearly angry. The
0: truth is I always swear, but I never swear here. (laughs) (laughs) I never swear when I'm working, really. But yeah, screw that. Like, tear that down. You are, you're better than that. You're more worthy than that. And I think that your confidence is really contagious. So that's something I I've, I've, I love to watch. And I don't want to sound like patronizing or like a parent, like, oh, I'm so proud of your growth. But I just, yeah, I love seeing you be more confident. It's
1: so funny to hear you say that I, I'm confident because I still don't feel confident. I certainly feel more confident. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just scraping the surface of a lot of those things. Confidence, understanding my own privilege, you know, being willing to speak up more often because I just don't feel like I even know enough to really dive Mm -hmm. as deep as i should
0: Mm -hmm. well uh so i wish we could keep chatting about this i gotta tell you uh this morning when we started started this i was in a mood um feeling frustrated but i always feel good when i talk to you i i feel like it's nice that we get to sit and kind of look one another in the eye for these conversations but i feel a lot calmer now than i did uh, 40 minutes ago
1: i've said that to you where i As as difficult as it is to sometimes get into the groove of having these conversations, once we do, I always feel better. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about invest, even when you don't want to, because it, it, from my experience, has always resulted in something almost always positive.
0: Yeah, and we'll keep the conversation going uh, offline, so to speak. (laughs) So we encourage you to check out this Why Do I Love You Again? activity you can use it any way you want there's no perfect way Uh, these are questions you can even take to a therapist and have them help help facilitate i don't think you really necessarily need that but some people find it useful to use that therapist hour because or counselor because it's booked and you're focused and your phone is off Uh, otherwise i really uh, encourage you to check out our our new book marla And, and i'm gonna have marla on the podcast soon we just weren't able to coordinate it today but check out the ultimate guide to seduction and foreplay by me (laughs) uh, Jessica O'Reilly and Marla Renee Stewart and so thanks for doing this babe thank you to you for listening wherever you're at I hope you're having a good one you're listening to the sex with dr. Jess podcast improve your sex life improve your life